from Shimabhavatam Canto 1, chapter 11, verses 4 and 5, Lord Krishna's entrance into Dwaraka. Tachopanita palayo, Vaverdipam ivaditaham, Atmaramam purakamam, Nichala penanet yada, Bitutula mukaputur, Harshagad gadaya gira, Pitaram sarsuhidam, Avitaram ivarbaka. Self-sufficient, Purnakamam, fully satisfied, Nijalabhena, by his own potencies, Nityada, one who supplies incessantly, Preeti, affection, Upulamukaha, cheerful faces. Prochuhu said, Harsha, gladdened, Gadgadaya, ecstatic, Gira, speeches, Pitaram, unto the Father, Sarva, all, Suhidam, friends, Avitaram, the guardian, Eva, 
like arapakaha wards. Translation, these citizens arrive before the Lord with their respective presentations, offering them to the fully satisfied and self-sufficient one, who by his own potency incessantly supplies others. These presentations were like the offering of a lamp to the sun. Yet the citizens began to speak in ecstatic language to receive the Lord, just as wards welcomed their guardian and father. Report. The Supreme Lord Krishna is described herein as Atmarama. He is self-sufficient, and there is no need for him to seek happiness from anything beyond himself. He is self-sufficient because his very transcendental existence is total bliss. He is eternally existent, he is all cognizant and all blissful. Therefore, any presentation, however valuable it may be, is not needed by him. But still, because he's a well-wisher for one and all, he accepts from everyone everything that is offered to him in pure devotional service. It is not that he is in want for such things, because the things are themselves generated from his energy. The comparison is made herein that making offerings to the Lord is something like offering a lamp in the worship of the sun. Anything fiery and illuminating is but an emanation of the energy of the sun. And yet to worship the sun god, it is necessary to offer him a lamp. In the worship of the sun, there is some sort of demand made by the worshiper. But in the case of devotional service to the Lord, there is no question of demand from either side. It is all a sign of pure love and affection between the Lord and the devotee. The Lord is the supreme father of all living beings, and therefore those who are conscious of this vital relation with God can make filial demands from the Father, and the Father is pleased to supply the demands of such obedient sons without bargaining. The Lord is just like the desire tree, and from him everyone can have everything by the causeless mercy of the Lord. As the Supreme Father, the Lord, however, does not supply to a pure devotee what is considered to be a barrier to the discharge of devotional service. Those who are engaged in devotional service of the Lord can rise to the position of unalloyed devotional service by his transcendental attraction. Mukam karadivachalam bhangam so here in the purport, it says that any presentation is not, even though it's very valuable, it's not needed by him. But because he's a well-wisher for everyone, he accepts everything that is offered to him. He doesn't need because the things are coming from his energy. So the question may arise, well, okay, if everything is there, uh, he doesn't need it, why should we offer anything to him, you know? It's already, it's already there, it's his. Um, because many, many reasons, actually. And the main one is, as Prabhupada says here, it's a sign of pure love and affection between the Lord and the devotee. So in the beginning of creation, Lord Brahma, he wanted to worship the Lord. And what did he have to offer? He, he, he relates uh, in the second canto, sixth chapter. He says, when I was born from the abdominal lotus flower of the Lord, Mahavishnu, the great person, I had no ingredients for sacrificial performance except the bodily limbs of the great personality of Godhead. And then Prabhupada, he, in his purport, he quotes from Bhagavad Gita, 10.8 And he gives a different translation. Uh, usually in Gita it says, I am the source of all spiritual material worlds. Everything emanates from me. But in, in the purport to that verse of Brahma, he says, uh, everything is made from my bodily limbs and I am therefore the original source of all creation. And so, uh, yeah, so what can you offer but 
Krishna's limbs, it's, uh, his arms, it's, I mean, it's all him. And we're offering parts of his body to him. Uh, that's what we're doing when we offer and sacrifice. And so that's what this purport is describing. It's like offering a lamp to the sun. What can we offer? And so um, in Gita, that verse, uh, I am the source of all spiritual material worlds, everything emanates from me. Well, that's a very important principle that everything is Krishna, everything belongs to Krishna, everything is Krishna, and everything is Krishna's. Uh, so if you know this, if you know everything belongs to Krishna, what will your behavior be? Uh, so then the, the second part of that verse says that the wise who know this perfectly engage in my devotional service and worship me with all their hearts. So we worship with our heart, but we also worship giving the things of this world to Krishna. Um, Krishna advises us in Bhagavad Gita, Patram Pushpam Phalam Toyam Yome Bhaktyapriyachati. A leaf, a flower, fruit, or water. And this is all part of his body, part of the universal form. This is the, the hairs on his body are the cause of all vegetation, and especially the trees and the, and the plants, the fruits, the herbs. You need these as ingredients in sacrifice. So in that purport of that verse in Second Canto, Srila Prabhupada also says that we should offer to Krishna out of a sense of gratitude. And he compares the, the um, uh, perception, the mentality of the devotee to that of the impersonalist. He says, while the impersonalist wrongly concludes he is the Lord himself, the personalist, out of a great gratitude, worships the Lord in devotional service, knowing perfectly well nothing is different from the Lord. And so here are the residents of Dwarka, they're so grateful to the Lord, that, that he, is, he is their friend, he is their well-wisher. And now he's coming back to Dwarka. So we must be grateful, say thank you to Krishna for everything in our lives. Um, so then if we're grateful, then Prabhupada says, the devotee therefore, because he's grateful, endeavors to apply everything in the service of the Lord, because he knows everything is the property of the Lord, and no one can claim anything as one's own. So if we're grateful, we will offer everything to Krishna. Now I was on a retreat in Govardhan with Sachinandan Swami, and he was uh, explaining gratitude. And he said, gratitude is the first stepping stone to the goal of prema. The way to prema begins with gratitude, prepares the heart for love. A soft heart will attract the soft queen of bhakti. So here the purport says, this is, this is the heart, it's a sign of pure love that we are offering to Krishna. It's for our benefit. Krishna doesn't need it. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't need our opulences. And he's not looking so much at what we give, but what we are holding back, and that's our, our love. Prabhupada taught us how to offer things out of love. When his uh, Holiness Satyuk Maharaj met Srila Prabhupada at first, he was very hesitant. But then one day he got inspired to offer a mango to Prabhupada. And Prabhupada was so happy with him, and he said, okay, you love me and I'll love you. And so Bhagavatam explains in 10th canto, every living entity should serve the Lord by four things, prana, artha, and dhyā and vācha, by your word, by your life, your wealth, your intelligence, and your words. So yes, we give our lives, devotees give their lives, but if you cannot give your life, then give some money, and if you don't have money, give your intelligence, and if you don't have intelligence, give your words. You chant Hare Krishna, or, or distribute books, or read the books, or chant the books. So that's another reason we should give out of gratitude, we should give um, because it's the instruction of Bhagavatam. And we should give out of friendship, as uh, Prabhupada quoted the verse from Nectar of Instruction, Dadari Patigrinati, Guhyamakyati Prichati Bhuktibo Chete Chaiva, Sabidham Priti Lakshanam, four loving exchanges. Uh, offering gifts in charity, accepting charitable gifts, revealing one's mind and confidence 
inquiring confidentially, accepting prasadam, and also giving, offering prasad. Six symptoms of love shared by one devotee and another. But right in the beginning of ISKCON, 1966, Prabhupada said, we should have these six exchanges with Krishna. Just like if you want to see somebody great, you have to make a connection, introduce yourself, you give a gift. And so we have to prepare ourselves how to love Krishna. So that was the first point, that, you know, offering the sacrifice. Now the second point, another point in this purport uh, that Prabhupada mentions is uh, there's, no, there's no bargaining. Um, no bargaining with Krishna. Um, we should not bargain. Um, of, of course, uh, devotees do that sometimes, and it's, it's okay, it's all right. Um, if you're not a completely pure devotee, you can bargain with Krishna. We have all kinds of devotees in our movement. We have, you know, mixed devotees also. Uh, Juva Maharaj was a mixed devotee. And uh, so here in the purport it says, in the worship of the sun, there is some sort of demand made by the worshiper, but in the case of devotional service to the Lord, there is no question of demand from either side. It is all a sign of pure love and affection between the Lord and the devotee. I know in um, Mayapur, uh, they have Lord Jagannath deities in Rajapur, in Rajapur. And they say uh, that if you want something, if you want something from Jagannath, you can go and make a bargain with him. If you give me this, what I want, I will do this for you. And devotees do that. I know a friend who went uh, to Jagannath and uh, she said, you know, I need, I need a child. I would like to have a child and I'm not getting one. And if I get a child, I'll name the child after you. So. She got a child, and she, it was a girl, but she named it after Jagannath. <laughs> and then she printed, they printed all the books, those, um, I mean, they printed a book about Jagannath too, all the pastimes in Rajapur. So the devotees do do this, and uh, Indians, when in, um, they go and worship Venkateshwar. Uh, they make him a business partner so that he can, uh, and they say, we'll give you a share. And that's why that deity is so rich because he's a business partner with so many people um, that they do this. Um, but Prabhupada said, uh, uh, it's not good, to, we, we, uh, pure devotees don't bargain. Pure devotees don't bargain. Um, but we have to be honest with what level we're at, so sometimes we may bargain. Um, uh, now, Queen Quinty, uh, she has a verse about uh, how Krishna is equal to everyone and and Prabhupada in that purport, 1829, Prabhupada says, foolish people think devotional service is flattering the Lord to get special mercy. Factually, pure devotees engaged in transcendental loving service of the Lord are not a mercantile community. A mercantile house renders service to someone in exchange for values. The pure devotee does not render service to the Lord for such exchange. Therefore, the full mercy of the Lord is open for him. Do we want the full mercy of the Lord? Uh, Prabhupada continues, suffering men, needy men, inquisitive persons, or philosophers make temporary connections with the Lord to serve a particular purpose. When the purpose is served, there is no more relation with the Lord. A suffering man, if he's pious at all, prays to the Lord for his recovery. But as soon as the recovery is over, in most cases, the suffering man no longer cares to keep any connection with the Lord. The mercy of the Lord is open for him, but he is reluctant to receive it. Yes, why would we be reluctant to receive the mercy of the Lord? Uh, are you scared to get the full mercy? <laughs> yes, some, some people are. Um, yes, Prabhupada was traveling in India on the train, and uh, uh, he was in the first class compartment. And some gentlemen were trying to come in and get the blessings of Prabhupada. And uh, Tamal was the gatekeeper, and he wouldn't let them in. But finally, somehow they got in. And so Prabhupada was sitting with his sannyasis. The men came in, and they said, Oh, Guruji, Swamiji, please give us your blessings. And uh, 
Shri Prabhupada was saying, yes, what blessings do you need? What blessings do you want? Yeah, 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 my, my daughter is sick, one was saying. Another was saying, yeah, I have a pain in my knee. Another was saying, yeah, uh, you know, they were asking for different things. And Prabhupada pointed to his sannyasi, this is my blessing. So you become like them. And they, oh, oh excuse us, Swamiji, you know, that blessing they didn't want. They don't want the full mercy. <laughs> they ran out the door. So, um, yeah, sometimes people don't want the full blessings. So, um, Prabhupada said, that's the difference between a pure devotee and a mixed devotee. Those who are completely against the service of the Lord are considered to be an abject darkness. Those who ask for the Lord's favor only at the time of necessity are partially supplicants to the mercy of the Lord. And those who have 7% engaged in service of the Lord are full recipients of the mercy of the Lord. Such partiality in receiving the Lord's mercy is relative to the recipient, not due to partiality. So Krishna, he, he gives to everyone. He's like the sun. The sun is equal toward all and one has to take advantage of it. The sunshine's available, but if we close our doors and want to keep ourselves inside, in the closet, uh, close the windows, uh, then we don't get the mercy. If we keep our sun to our back, then we see a long shadow of our body. But if you turn towards the sun, you don't see the shadow, you see the light. So Krishna is everywhere, he's for everyone, and he's ready to accept us and give us the full mercy. And so he says, we've named this back to Godhead scientifically. You look towards God, everything is light, and when there is God, there is no nations. Just like if you fly in an airplane, you go west, keep going west, you'll never see the sunset. So if we always keep ourselves in Krishna consciousness, we will always get the mercy. Vishnu Jan Maharaj once asked Shri Prabhupada, you know, we say these prayers to the spiritual master, there's a verse, the spiritual master is receiving benediction from the ocean of mercy. Is the mercy uh, that is given to the fallen souls the opportunity to serve Krishna, and is that where all the bliss is coming from? Prabhupada said, yes, just like the sunlight. Sunlight's free, but if you block your room, you don't like to see the sun, how can the sun help you? Uh, you have to come to the open sunlight and then it's free. So Krishna's mercy is open. It's not that it's a lot somewhere and a lot not somewhere else. It's everywhere, but it's our choice. It's our choice to receive it. Uh, we have to be open to Krishna. So when we chant the holy name, we have to be open to hearing the holy name, receiving Krishna, receiving his mercy. And so, um, as this verse we quoted, I am the source of everything, mataparataram nanya, not ataroso, there's nothing superior greater than me. But people, they, they speculate, they say, well, what can Krishna do? Uh, you know, why, why should I surrender to Krishna? Uh, so, no, Krishna is coming, he's showing himself, and, uh, but people, they will not see. Uh, Kali Yuga is, is an ocean of darkness. And it's not there is, that there is no light, it's that people don't want to see the light. They don't want to see the light. And just like the owls, the owls in daytime, uh, they'll hide, they'll hide from the light. And so that's what's happening now in, in Kali Yuga. Now another point in this purport, uh, uh, we heard about the mercy, we heard about worshiping Krishna. Uh, the third point I'd like to make is how um, Prabhupada mentions Krishna does not give what could be a barrier to devotional service. So that's not like you worship the sun, you get what you ask for. You worship Shiva, you get what you ask for. Worship Durga, demigods, you get you know, what you ask for. But Krishna may or may not give you what you ask for. And he may give it to you in such a way that you won't ask again. Um, so, yeah, the purport says, the Lord is the supreme father of all living beings. Therefore, those who are conscious of this vital relation with God can make filial demands from the Father. And the Father is pleased to supply the demands of such obedient sons without bargaining. So we can ask without bargaining. We can ask, um, 
Prabhupada taught us how to pray when Prabhupada was sick. If you so desire, my dear Lord Krishna, please cure Srila Prabhupada. It's up to you. I'm in your hands. And so here um, in this purport, it says, the Lord is just like this desire tree. From him, everyone can have everything for the causes mercy of the Lord. As a Supreme Father, the Lord, however, does not supply to a pure devotee what is considered to be a barrier to discharge devotional service. Those who are engaged in devotional service of the Lord can rise to the position of unalloyed devotional service by his transcendental attraction. So Govinda Dasi once asked Prabhupada, suppose someone is firmly convinced Krishna consciousness is the only thing that will save him but yet he still has inclinations towards material activities. Will Krishna force him in this case to become completely surrendered? And Prabhupada said, yes. He puts the devotee in such a way he's obliged to become Krishna conscious fully. Naturally, we've materially associated for so many lives, even though we're trying to become fully Krishna conscious, our material Attachment sometimes drags us. But if we're very strongly Krishna conscious, these attachments will be taken away by Krishna. You know, one time I was preaching in Russia um, and some person in the audience asked me, if I chant, is Krishna going to take everything away from me? And I said, yeah, he's not everything. He'll take away your anxiety, your depression, uh, your moroseness. These things he'll take first. Uh, but if you're very, very advanced, then he may take other things too. But that is only for the advanced devotees. And the verse is, Yasyaham anugrihami yharishi tatanam shanai. If I especially fear someone, then I take away gradually his wealth. The Prabhupada said, yes, I had personal experience of that. I was not, he Prabhupada said, I was not inclined to come to this line. <laughs> All right. But Krishna has forced me. That is his special favor. I'm now understanding, yes, Krishna is very intelligent. So if we foolishly want something other than Krishna, he makes us forgetful of such nonsense, and that is Krishna's special favor. Just like in Malaysia, people are afraid to worship Krishna because he might take everything away, especially if he has a flute in his hands. Watch out. So Bhagavatam also says in the fifth canto, 19th chapter, verse 27, the Supreme Personality of Godhead fulfills material desires of a devotee who approaches him with motives, but he does not bestow benedictions upon devotee that will cause him to demand more benedictions again. Okay, so if we, we ask something from Krishna, that's not good for us and we'll have to go back to him again and ask for the same thing again, he's not going to give it. And he's not going to give it. However, the Lord willingly gives his devotee shelter at his own lotus feet, even though such a person does not aspire for it. And that shelter satisfies all his desires. That is the Supreme Personality's special mercy. So Chaitanya Charitamrita explains this whole process, how Krishna does this. Anyakami, Jari Kori, Krishna Bhajan, that Anyakami, you may, a devotee may desire something other than <coughs> service to Lotus Feet of the Lord, uh, but if he engages in Lord Krishna's service, Namagi Teho, Krishna Tare, then Svacharan. Krishna gives him shelter at his Lotus Feet even though he does not aspire for it. Isn't that interesting? Krishna Kohe, Lord says, Ama Bhaje, he's engaged in my service. And he wants material sense gratification. Such a devotee is like a person who asks for poison instead of nectar. A bottom work. That is his foolishness. I'm intelligence, experienced. Why should I give such a foolish person dirty things of this material enjoyment? So, Charyanamita, better I give him shelter at my lotus feet. I'll cause him to forget all material desires. Kamalagi Krishna Bhaji, if one engages in service of the Lord for sense gratification, Pai Krishna Rase, 
result is he ultimately gets a taste for serving lotus feet of the Lord. Kamachari Avilashi. He then gives up all material desires and wants to become an eternal servant of the Lord. And that was Prabhupada's trick. He tricked us. Prabhupada said he tricked us. He tricked us into becoming Krishna conscious. Uh, yes, he tricked us. And uh, he gave us a taste of Krishna's lotus feet and then we, we forgot all, everything else. Of course, you may doubt. You may say, well, but, you know, if Krishna is all-powerful, why should he reform his devotee by putting him in distress? And the answer is, it's, you know, there's a purpose to it. There's something behind it. Um, sometimes the purpose is, if we're in distress, then our feelings get stronger. Uh, for our attachment is, is magnified. Just like uh, when Krishna left Kunti Devi, she was, um, he went to ask her for permission to leave, and, and she said, Krishna, in our distress, you were always with us. And now we got the kingdom, you're leaving us. So I would prefer to be in distress. So sometimes to show special favor to a devotee, the Lord puts him into distress. And then the devotee who enjoys such reciprocation, he is no longer in danger of falling down. Yamaraj declares, in Bhagavatam 6.3.29, My dear servants, please bring me only those sinful persons who do not use their tongues to chant the holy name and qualities of Krishna, whose hearts do not remember the lotus feet of Krishna even once, and whose heads do not bow down even once before Lord Krishna. Send me those who do not perform their duties toward Vishnu, which are the only duties in human life. Please bring me all such fools and rascals. And I think I probably mentioned this before, I mentioned it again, that Prabhupada was giving a class on, the, on this verse in Gorakhpur, 1971. Many Indian gentlemen were in the audience and he was saying, Yamaraj says, please bring to me those who do not chant Hare Krishna. And then Prabhupada said, Please bring to me those who do not become life members of ISKCON. <laughs> they all became life members of ISKCON <laughs> after that class. Because yeah, if a pure devotee says something, you better listen. Um, and <laughs> they had faith in Prabhupada. Uh, so yes, uh, Prabhupada can expand on the words of the Bhagavatam. And so we know the story of Bali Maharaj. Krishna took everything from Bali Maharaj. And Bali Maharaj's reaction was, he said, oh, only by providence I've been forcibly brought under your lotus feet and deprived of all my opulence. And so that was literally true. He took away everything and he gave him his lotus feet on his head. He said, because of illusion created by temporary opulence, people in general who live under material conditions facing accidental death at every moment do not understand this life is temporary. Only by providence have I been saved from that condition. And Prahlad Maharaj says, My Lord, you gave Bali this very great opulence, the post of Indra. Now you are taking it away. And you have acted with equal beauty in both ways. Because he was exalted as king of heaven, and he was, this was putting him in the darkness of ignorance, you've done him a very merciful favor taking away. So Gajendra also was so eager to see the Lord. Uh, when he saw the Lord with great pain and a feeble voice, he offered respect. And Prabhupada commented that a devotee does not consider a dangerous position to be dangerous, for in such a dangerous position he can fervently pray to the Lord in great ecstasy. He's, when he's in danger, he sees this is Krishna's mercy. He doesn't accuse Krishna, why? Why you did this to me? But he uh, considers that it's due to his past misdeeds and takes this opportunity to pray to the Lord and offer thanks for having given such an opportunity. And then he is guaranteed to go back to Godhead. And so Prabhupada also commented on his life that yes, the, he, Krishna says, if I'm especially favorable, I take everything away. In this way, Krishna is very dangerous. And Prabhupada said, yes, I had this experience when I was 25. My guru ordered me to preach, and I thought, okay, let me become a rich businessman. 
and then I'll use my money for preaching. And the astrologer said, yes, you should become uh, richer than the richest man in India. Uh, and he said I was a manager of a big chemical factory, and then I got my own factory, but the whole thing collapsed. And when everything was taken away, Prabhupada said, I approached Krishna, saying, you are my only shelter. So Krishna is Kinshana Rita. He takes away uh, the unnecessary things in devotee's life. And this is, this is, a, this is not a loss, it's a, it's a gain. Um, so here, in this world, everyone wants more. They want more fame, more wealth, more beauty. This is materialism, and spiritualism is the opposite. Prabhupada also had many times said that he had a dream, his guru was telling him, follow me, take sannyas. And he said, no, this is horrible. Uh, but he forced me to do it, and that is his mercy. And so, in relationship to ourselves, he said, we have this nice temple, we have this nice facilities, we should not uh, just think, oh, this is for my comfort, it's, it's for the preaching. Because if we were just living under the trees here, he, he said in Mayapur, nobody would come. And now we're, we're making this big planetarium, so many people will be attracted to come. He said, my guru, Maharaj, introduced these big, big palaces, temples. That is his contribution. Because the Goswamis, they worship Krishna in a different way. They were, they were underneath a tree every night, not even the same tree, one tree one night, one tree another night. But this is not possible uh, for us. And uh, he, again, he said, yes, when I, when I heard this verse, Krishna takes everything, I, I shuddered. So what, he takes away all my money and my family? And, and he said, yes, Krishna took away it. He said, go to America. You will get more money, more friends. And, and yes, he said, I was sticking to limited money, limited friends, limited society. And so that's what happened. That's what Prabhupada's experience was. And in Krishna book, he was telling how uh, that when uh, a devotee is put into so-called miserable conditions, he tries to revive his original position of opulence, but Krishna takes it away again. And so finally he fully surrenders. And um, as Krishna said to Yudhisthira, that my devotee is not deterred by any adverse conditions. He remains firm and steady, so I give myself to him. And the mercy, this kind of mercy is described again in Krishna book and Bhagavatam 10th canto uh, by different Sanskrit words. Brahma is one word. The greatness of that mercy can be compared only to the all-pervasive greatness of Brahman, and also Paramam is no comparison in this material world, very fine, and uh, it is unlimitedly expansive and of the finest quality of love between the devotee and the Lord. Chinmatram, spiritual, and uh, Sat, eternal, Anantakam, unlimited. And so, uh, while we have our chance, while we have our health, while we have our, our bodies, we can offer to Krishna out of gratitude, out of love, out of friendship. And we, can, we should also understand that Krishna has ten hands. And so if he gives us something with his ten hands, what can we accept with our two hands? And if he takes away something with his ten hands, what can we protect with our two hands? So and also when distress comes, and it will in this world, it looks like uh, things are getting more intense by the day. That we can understand, no, this Krishna is being merciful to us, bringing us closer to him, see his hand, learn our lesson and pray to him so we have strength to love him and serve him and, and carry on on his devotional service despite um, impediments. Uh, so I'll stop here if you have any questions you can ask at this point. Yes. Wait. Yeah, yeah, okay. Thank you, Mataji, for a very nice class. My question is, is it possible to be a materially affluent at the same time get the love of 
Krishna, <clears throat> for an example, Amrish Maharaj. Is it possible to be materially what? Materially affluent, materially rich. Affluent. affluent means rich. Oh, rich. Yeah. Uh, it's possible to be rich. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we do have... rich and at the same time get the love of... Love uh, of God, Krishna. yes, yes. Just like, for example, Amrish Maharaj, yeah. he was a king, yeah. uh, but he was a great devotee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we also have our Amrish Maharaj in <laughs> Iskon. <laughs> uh, who is very rich and it's possible and he's such an amazing person not only is he does he have all the money uh, he doesn't need to ask money from every anyone but still he's going I mean he's going temple to temple begging for money for the Mayapur project so can you imagine that you don't need to beg from anyone you have everything but still you're begging because he understands, you know, okay, he's giving half, but everyone should be a part, not he should hog all the service. Everyone should give for the, for the Mayapur temple, not just that, okay, he has the money he should give, and he has the money and he's giving. But also, uh, we all have to do our part too. And so that's, that's our example, yes, he, he is a devotee. But there are also other examples. I know that devotees had no money and they got rich and they left Krishna consciousness. So that possibility is always there that you can, that money can take you away from Krishna. So it's, it's not necessary that you know, once you surrender, he will make you poor? Or no, not necessary. I mean, Sudama was the opposite. He surrendered and he, he had nothing and Krishna gave him everything. Because he was thinking, yeah, this, this is good, poverty is good, and if I get money, that's bad. So Krishna said, no, no, you can have money and be a devotee too. And so Sudama, he was, the, he was the opposite, he was too much renounced. So Krishna gave him so much opulence. It's not necessary for Krishna to take away. It's only if, uh, if you have a problem, if you have a problem with your money, uh, if you don't give in charity, you must, whatever, you're a devotee, so we must give in charity to, the, to Krishna, to the temple, to projects. But if you don't, if you have money and you don't give, then it might be, Krishna might take his share. Um, so <laughs> it's good to be, to voluntarily give to Krishna. <coughs> and that purifies the money you have. If, you know, yeah, it purifies you, it purifies. Yeah, I have a friend in Ireland and she's living on the welfare, like here they have welfare, <coughs> and she's a book distributor. So she wrote me a letter and she said, um, oh, this month I spent all my money so I could buy more books to distribute. And so here's an example of devotees even now today. But then lockdown came and she can't distribute any books and they locked down again, Ireland. Oh, but again, the time will come. And she said, yeah, only essential services. Now they don't allow anyone, but before they were allowing essential services to um, travel and use the train. And she thought, yeah, I'm an essential service. I'm distributing books um, about Krishna. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, yes, yes. Uh, very important to um, have that mentality. Uh, okay, it's, it, it, I think, it, it, yes, the Grihas Division team calls it, um, there's poverty consciousness, is if you, uh, you have, you have your, your work, you have your sadhana, but you don't give in charity. Um, but rich consciousness, richness consciousness, uh, um, is that if you have your, good sadhana, you have your money and you give to Krishna. Yeah. And so this is, yeah, no, not necessary. It's not necessary. Don't have to, don't worry about it. Um, not necessary that you have to lose all your money to um, make advancement. Uh, but you, but it is necessary that you lose, that you lose your idea that this is, my money and uh, yeah, 
and I do what I want, and no, you have to say, oh, this is Krishna's money, and let me also, let me spend for Krishna as well, and yeah, like that. Any, yes? You have uh, explained, very nice class, you have explained that Krishna is like sun. Hmm. So, for an advanced devotee, <clears throat> seeing Krishna is always eternally, eminently merciful, is not a problem. Mm -hmm. But for an ordinary sadhaka, practitioner, yes. <laughs> they have to literally find the positivity always. Yeah and trace that how it's merciful, even though I had a car accident. Okay, how do I see it's a mercy? <laughs> it's like sometimes very challenging. Yes, very challenging. So my question is, is the merciful nature Krishna has always, it is not accessible for ordinary, or it is like pure devotee creates the merciful nature to be seen? Well, um, it's accessible. Uh, 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 we read that purport by Prabhupada on Queen Kunti's prayer. Um, it's according to our receptivity that the mercy is accept accessible. If we are open to receive the mercy, we get the mercy. And uh, yeah, and your question is good in the sense that sometimes it's difficult for us to uh, access that mercy and to see how it's there. So, um, yes, there's, I have told this before in one of my classes, that there is an exercise that uh, mixed devotees can do, you know, devote, uh, those who are not, uh, you know, who haven't appreciated or understood how the mercy is there. There's an exercise you can do when um, some difficult situation comes, you write down 10 reasons why this is good for you, why, you're thanking Krishna. Okay, thank you, Krishna, for breaking my computer, because now I will remember how to write with a pen. Thank you, Krishna, for breaking my computer, because now I will use my intelligence more. Thank you, Krishna, for breaking my computer, because now uh, I will get more fresh air. Um, and then, thank you, Krishna, for breaking my computer, because now I will get a new computer. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. and. If you try this, what often happens that you realize the positive side of it. And not only you realize it, but it changes everything and your computer starts working. Um, I had that experience when I was in, traveling in Sweden and I couldn't connect to the internet, you know, which is terrible for a traveling preacher. Uh, so then, uh, I woke up my son, it was midnight here, I called him up, I said, listen, I can't connect, what should I do? And he told me, okay, step by step, do this, 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 didn't work. So I, I started writing my reasons, okay, thank you Krishna for not giving me internet because, and then I fell asleep, it was nighttime. And then middle of the night I had a, uh, I, I woke up and I said, and I got the idea, oh, that's how I have to do it. And next morning I woke up and I, connected to internet. Um, <laughs> so, you know, just my mentality changed and I was open and uh, it worked, <laughs> it worked. Yeah, I know another friend, I mean, I have some, there's many examples where I would give, if people, if devotees would try it and they would come back with their stories. Uh, one devotee said, the electricity went off and this was in Sweden, you know, that those things don't happen. And she got really angry. Of course it was on the farm, so it could happen. Um, and she got so angry, and then she remembered I gave the homework, do this, oh yeah, okay, thank you, Krishna, for taking off the electricity because whatever, whatever. She, and then she realized just by doing the exercise, it diffused her anger, and she had a whole different outlook on it. So this is a good exercise for those who, for those who it is difficult to see the mercy. So that exercise, what I understand, is kind of like a evoking grateful attitude. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yes, it's a, we are grateful. Like Kunti was grateful for the distress. I see. So, but we can't imitate Kunti and say, "Give me distress, give me calamities." We can't no. do like that. Uh, that and then. Krishna yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We can, but we can, But there is. This is a really nice exercise which was given to me 
by one of my students, Adi Purush. Ah. Uh, yeah, he, 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 yeah, 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 he was in my Bhaktivedanta class, Bhaktivedanta. He's great, yeah, he's, so, uh, yeah, he, he thought of this exercise and, and it's wonderful for if you're unable to see how the mercy of the Lord is in your distress condition, if you're unable to see, yeah. You know, I always thought, like, now we know Prabhupada's position, Prabhupada's glory and everything. It's easy to say, oh, this struggle came, Prabhupada, but he took it in a positive. But if I would have met Prabhupada in 1964 or 63, <laughs> I don't think I would assume that it is a great mercy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, that's true. And maybe you did, who knows? <laughs> you're, you're the right age, huh? <laughs> Thank you. That's a very nice point. I, I, I hope I never forget. That's really nice. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You probably did meet him. Yeah. Yeah. Had some connection. Some previous life. You have a question? Any other? Any other questions? How do we create questions? How do we? Create. Create questions. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, you have, if you have the mentality of curiosity, then you create questions, but it's not always good because then you're questioning all the time. Like my son tells me, why do you have to know everything? <laughs> then, um, yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's good to have questions, but good to have questions about the right thing. Yeah. He said, uh, Prabhupada asked, so you have any question? Hmm. And nobody says anything. Yeah. Prabhupada says, so you know everything? <laughs> yeah. And then they were like in shock. He said, then why don't you ask questions? Yeah, Prabhupada encouraged. Yeah. He encouraged it a lot. Yeah. I was told that uh, this introduction of question answer and end of the class was not uh, in Goryeo Mark. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Prabhupada created this for devotees' benefit. Yeah, we, he knows he knows the Western mentality yeah. that we like to question everything, you know, and so he encouraged us. He didn't like blind following. He didn't he didn't like that. Thank you. It was very nice. Okay, Hare Krishna. And next week um, I'm down for Monday, but it, I'm changing with Shesha for Thursday. Oh, was that um, updated? Okay. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll be giving on Thursday instead of Okay, Hare Krishna.